Uh, now, though, it's shaping up as a fiery annual general meeting for the private health insurer Medibank later this week as its cyber hacking crisis seems to be going from bad to worse. Customers want to know if they'll be compensated for the theft of their personal data, while big investors have been gauging the massive reputational damage which has hit the company's bottom line. For his outlook, we're joined now by the ABC's senior business correspondent, Peter Ryan. Pete, uh, thanks as always for your time. What's uh, the view at the moment? Obviously the AGM later this week, but could we see heads roll over the cyber attack at Medibank? Well, uh, good morning, Tom. It's probably a little bit too early for that, given that we're still in the early days of Medibank's response to the cyber attack and that uh, 9.7 million current and former customers exposed. But for now, in, uh, big investors want to see not just stability at the board and CEO level, but some pretty quick answers on how the attack happened and how future attacks can be prevented. Also, when it comes to questions uh, from the floor on Wednesday in Melbourne at the AGM, shareholders are probably likely to ask if the Medibank board ever considered paying a ransom to the hackers, though CEO David Koskar has said that nothing has been paid or will be paid. The Cyber Security Minister Claire O'Neill has backed that stance of not paying, but she's also been highly critical of Medibank and earlier Optus, though Miss O'Neill has pulled back on that criticism a bit, given that government departments and agencies are also prime targets of hackers. And uh, recently the tax office revealed that it repels millions of attempts every month. So the government needs to be careful to watch its own backyard in addition to watching the corporate sector. Medibank's chief executive, no surprise, highly paid, as are other directors. Could some of that be clawed back? Well, it seems pretty clear that uh, Medibank's top brass won't be facing a pay cut this year as a result of the AGM. Uh, And while proxy advisers who advise shareholders on how to cast their votes, they're telling investors to support all the resolutions that will be up at the AGM. They're suggesting uh, that there could be board renewal. That's jargon for heads potentially rolling uh, later on if there's not enough accountability. Uh, By the way, CEO David Koskar received $3.2 million in total last year and his short-term bonuses are worth around $2 million and of course that could be at risk if he doesn't turn uh, this crisis around and this is also in the face of calls for compensation to customers and, and also potential class actions on the horizon. While we're chatting AGMs, Peter Ryan, there's another big annual meeting this week and uh, that's the energy giant AGL facing shareholders tomorrow. What can we expect there? Well, it's all happening on controversial AGL fronts, Tom. And uh, earlier this year, AGL committed to accelerating the closure of its old coal-fired power stations uh, to 2035. And this was after a lot of pressure from big investors, including superannuation funds, but also the billionaire Mike Cannon-Brooks, whose private company Grok Ventures controls about 11% of the company. Mr Cannon-Brooks bought that big chunk earlier this year. And uh, after he bought that and agitated uh, for change, he uh, succeeded in rattling so many cages that the AGL board ended up um, seeing the exit of its uh, CEO and chairman, and you don't see that happen very often. Uh, Tomorrow at the AGM, Mike Cannon-Brooks looks set for another 
victory with the election of four independent directors that he's backing. Some big names, including the former energy regulator, uh, Kerry Schott. Um, it's not a done deal, but Mr Cannon-Brooks might have the numbers for that. Uh, while Mr Cannon-Brooks might be a winner, AGL investors will also probably endorse AGL's uh, transition plan to renewables. That uh, 2035 shutdown schedule will be too slow for Mike Cannon-Brooks, but he'll probably end up having enough clout um, with these four independent directors to institute change at AGL from inside the boardroom. Big week for economic news just while we've got you there, Peter, which I imagine we watch closely given hopes are rising that inflation might be about to peak. Yes, uh, Tom, on Friday our time we saw that big news out of the United States that inflation uh, fell to 7.7% from 8.2% the previous month. It still sounds pretty high, but that's inflation heading south in the right direction and signs that inflation might be about to peak. We're also getting some um, more dovish uh, uh, language from Australia's Reserve Bank that, yes, uh, inflation will probably peak here after Christmas at about 8%, but there are hopes that it might start falling. So tomorrow we'll be seeing uh, the Reserve Bank release the minutes from its most recent meeting where the cash rate was raised by a quarter of a percentage point. And when we go through um, those minutes, Tom, we're looking for signs of any changed language about how many more rate rises we might be seeing, which of course is important for anyone uh, paying a higher mortgage at the moment. Then on Wednesday, there'll be an update on wages growth, which has been so far elusive. That's the wage price index expected to come at uh, growth in the quarter of the most recent quarter of 0.9%, making 3% growth year on year. And we'll have an employment update on Thursday with um, the October employment figures from the ABS. The jobless rate is expected to remain steady at 3.5%, but expectations are is that that might be as good as it gets because as the economy slows because of these uh, rising interest rates. That jobless rate could well start uh, ticking up closer to the fours, but it has to be said, Tom, that's still a very low level and the task of the Reserve Bank is to manage this economic slowdown with uh, uh, causing a hard economic landing for the economy. So a big year, especially in the first few months of next year. Peter, thanks for joining us. It's the ABC Senior Business Correspondent, Peter Ryan.